You are listening to the Emerge Shift Podcast. We are equipping emerging entrepreneurs with tools and resources that create a successful shift in their business. On today's episode, I had the great opportunity to interview David McKnight. David is an image consultant, business coach, author, and speaker. He is the president of the McKnight Image Lab, an image consulting firm based in New York City, which he founded in 2006 while still working in corporate America. He loves helping ambitious professionals to improve their professional image, define their personal brand, or to achieve their most audacious goals. David has two decades of experience as a strategy and operations management consultant and financial services executive. And he is the author of the Zen Executive Presence. He has been featured in multiple media outlets, such as the New York Times, the New York Post, Huffington Magazine, WSJ Market Watch, Pivot Magazine, just to name a few. In this interview, you will have the opportunity to learn how to transition from corporate America to entrepreneurship, creating the entrepreneurial mindset, goal setting, and learn the difference between fashion and style. Please stay tuned. All right. Thank you, David, for joining us today on the Emergeship Podcast. Everyone, David is a certified image consultant and professional coach. He's the founder of the McKnight Lab, Leading with Style and Ignite Your Executive Presence. Um, we know that you add value to people to people's lives in a multitude of ways. Can you share with us how and why you started the McKnight Lab? Yeah, first of all, um, Mary, I just want to say thank you so much for the invitation to be on your podcast. Um, I'm super excited to be here, and I'm very excited to share with your audience a little bit about my business and what I do. Uh, so to answer your first question, why did I start the McKnight Image Lab? Um, I started my company, first of all, I started it <laughs> with a different name. Um, I started it in 2006, mm-hmm. and it was originally called Damn Style. That's oh, wow. D-A- <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, and that it was D-A-M Style. Wow. And the reason I did that is because it was just a fun play on words because my initials are D-A-M. My name is David A. McKnight. And so mm-hmm. um, it was basically just um, the acronym of my initials plus style. Hmm. Um, and so I had that name for a while. But then as I started to really transition my business and start to work with higher end clients and getting more corporate contracts and and doing corporate workshops, I was like, "Mm, David, you're an image consultant. This is not the right image for your company. And so I decided to change it to McKnight Image Lab. But I started my company while I was still working um, full time in corporate America. I was working as a consultant. And so I would work with clients on the weekends. And I would also work with them in the evenings. Um, and so it was just something that I wanted to do because I felt like I wasn't living my passion Mm -hmm. when I was in consulting. And I felt like there was something missing. I didn't know what it was. 
And then I figured out, you know what, let me do something that I really enjoy, which is fashion and style. And that's kind of how it was born. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, for the record, I do like damn style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, but like I said, I, I needed to try to start to appeal to a different audience. That's understandable. <laughs> so that kind of brings me to my next question. What, what are the type of, um, what type of clients do you serve? Yeah, so Tamara, I work with a number of different types of clients, but I would say I primarily work with executives in corporate America, and they come to me because they are looking to elevate their image and their, um, their presence. And so, for example, I recently worked with a woman who um, got a new job with a large bank, and she was going to be a senior managing director. And at this particular bank, she was going to be the highest ranking woman in the organization. And wow. so she hired me because she said, you know, I'm starting at this new company. I'm going to be the highest ranking woman woman and I know that a lot of the junior women are going to be looking at me and so she said I need you to help me elevate my image and my style and, and my professional appearance and so I worked with her and we redid her entire wardrobe um, we even got some custom pieces because she we believe that at that level she really needed to have some custom pieces in her uh, wardrobe because a lot of men, they wear custom clothing. Mm -hmm. So men, from a, a, a style and image perspective, when they're at that level, they have their custom clothes and they're really focused on details. And so I told her that I wanted her to also focus on her details and focus on building a wardrobe that included some custom items. Not all, but I wanted, to have, I wanted her to have some custom power suits. And so that's what we did. So I work with a lot of executives. Um, I also work with some um, junior executives or, or some middle level managers as well, because they're looking to get up to that next uh, step in their career. And so it's really all about how do you take what you have and how do you elevate it? And how do you um, make sure that your image and your clothing and your presentation uh, is communicating the right message according to the audience that you're uh, working with. Oh, wow. I really, really like that. I like that. Taking what you have and being able to um, elevate it. I really like that. Um, mm -hmm. for, my, um, for my next question, um, what would you, how was it, because I've been there before, as far as being in corporate America and wanting to do something different and knowing that you have a purpose and you have a passion for something else, for someone that might be still in corporate America and thinking about transitioning to entrepreneurship um, full-time, how was that transition for you? You know, it was a very gradual transition for me. It was very, very gradual. And I will share with your audience a few tips for how they can make that transition. Okay. For me, I started while I was working in corporate. And so 
while I was working in corporate, I actually, I didn't mention this, but I used to live in Chicago. I moved to Chicago right after grad school. And so my first professional job was working in Chicago. And so I was there for eight years. I loved it at the time. Mm -hmm. But then about the eighth year, I started getting antsy and I felt like I outgrew the city. And at this time, I was also starting to get a little bored with my job. And I was like, what else can I do? And that's when I started thinking seriously about image consulting. Well, actually, at the time, I was just thinking about styling. Mm -hmm. And so I made a bold move and I moved to New York. So I relocated from Chicago to New York. And then when I made that move, I said, you know what, not only am I going to make this move, but I'm going to start taking classes at FIT, which is the Fashion Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. So after two classes, I felt really comfortable. And that's when I started to get clients and started to work with my private clients. And what I would do is I would take them shopping on the weekends, or I would go and do a wardrobe review for them. Um, and so I did this for years. I did this for about four or five years um, just on the side. And so I know today it's different and a lot of people want things instantly. Yeah. <laughs> and I totally understand that. Um, but my, my recommendation is to take at least a year, do it on the side, hone your skill, whatever it is that you want to do, whatever it is that um, you want to build your business around, do it while <laughs> you have a paycheck coming in and really build your business, build the infrastructure, do your website, do your marketing, do your brochure, whatever it is, do all of that while you have that income coming in. Mm-hmm. Also make sure that you have a good solid pipeline, a pipeline of clients, because when you turn that, that switch or when you flip that switch to go from working in corporate to working for yourself, you don't want to be from scratch and mm-hmm. one thing that I've noticed from some people they say I want to do my business I want to do my business I'm going to leave corporate and so they'll resign and or they might get laid off and they might have um, a couple of months to get by uh, in terms of savings but a lot of times they're starting from scratch and so my recommendation is to use that time that you're in corporate as your runway to build your infrastructure. And then when you go full-time, it should be like just um, basically everything should be set up. And Mm -hmm. so you shouldn't be starting from scratch or building anything. Mm -hmm. Everything should already be set up. And so that's really what I did. And um, I decided to go full-time. And so I have gone full-time. But I didn't really miss a beat because I used all of that time to build my infrastructure. Also, something that people don't think about is when I knew that I was going to leave and while I had that income coming in, I got a brand new laptop. I got maybe a printer. Um, So you get all of those things that you're going to need for your business. Do it while you're working and while you have that income. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Investing in yourself while, you know, you have the, the money and opportunity too until you get yourself grounded. Those are really great tips. 
that you shared. I do, and we, you know, we know you have your clients um, already and you have a client base already. How do you go, do you continue to promote your business? And if you do, how do you go about promoting your business now? Yeah, um, I've actually been very fortunate that I have not had to do a lot of promotion of my business. Mm-hmm. And I would say about 75% of my clients come to me through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. It's because someone knows me, they know what I've done, or they know what I can do. And so they recommend me. Mm-hmm. I also will occasionally uh, post something on Facebook and to my my friends. So I've got, I don't know, like maybe a thousand friends, quote unquote, mm-hmm. on Facebook. Um, which is not a ton because I don't accept everyone into my Facebook yeah. uh, circle because I, I post personal things or post pictures of family. And so I don't need everyone in, in my um, Facebook community um, from a personal perspective. And so I'll post things like, oh, I recently did this, or I'm excited to be speaking at this university or what have you. And so people will see it. And then they'll send me a DM and say, hey, would you speak at my school? Or I know someone um, who's looking for an image consultant or what have you. So it's strategic mm-hmm. and people reach out to me that way. Um, I'm also starting to get people on LinkedIn, uh, not LinkedIn, but uh, Instagram mm-hmm. reaching out to me and hiring me um, because of things that I post. And so it's pretty organic. Um, I will say that it's been good, but I would like to grow. I would like to scale. So I'm looking at using some more traditional marketing, marketing tactics, such as Facebook ads, Instagram ads, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, because I'm, I'm looking to scale. And I'm also looking to bring on one or two people um, under me that can also work with clients because of course, as one person, one man, I can only do so much. And really, that's when you start to make the big bucks, when you start to scale and also, and scaling could take a couple of different forms. Um, so one way is to grow your team. So it's not just you. And that way you can serve more people. Um, that's a very traditional approach to scaling. Um, the current trend and the current way that people are um, scaling their businesses is that they're moving a lot of their services online. And so they're turning their knowledge into digital products or digital assets that they can then sell to multiple people. Um, And so that's also where I'm looking to grow and Quite honestly, I haven't really done a whole lot of um, digital products, but in 2020, that's that's going to be part of my new strategy and direction going forward. Okay. okay. Can you share with us, because I actually uh, found you from your Leading with Style Summit. Can you share with us about your Leading with Style Summit that you have, your virtual event? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So last year, I did a virtual summit called Leading with Style. And it was actually targeted for men. And the reason that I did that is because I've seen a a number of style summits, and they've been really focused on women. 
And so I said, you know, I really want to do something for the guys. But I didn't also want it to just be focused on style. And so I called it Leading with Style, but I had three tracks in the summit. I had a career track, I had a style track, and then I had a life track or lifestyle track. And so I had experts speaking on those different topics. So I had a career coach, I had an executive coach, I had people talking about things from a career standpoint. I had a young executive, he was 30, but he was promoted many times. And so I had him talk about how he was able to fast track his career. Um, from a style perspective, I had one of the leading men's style gurus um, pretty much on the internet. His name is Antonio Centeno. And he has a company called Real Men, Real Style. Um, if you look him up on the internet, it's Real Men, Real Style. And so he has a lot of followers. Um, and so I had him on my summit. And so I had a number of really um, um, big names. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was, it was great. And it was fun because, I mean, it really was an opportunity for me to interview all of these people. And all of the interviews were recorded. Um, video recorded. With the Leading with Style Summit, can we expect one this year in 2020? <laughs> wow, that's a really, really good question. Um, whew, you're putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> no, I love it. Um, you know, again, that's a great question. I haven't really um, planned it. I haven't thought about it, but mm -hmm. I'm going to really think about it um, because when I did it last year, I did it in uh, May. It was more towards late May. So I do still have time and I need to think about um, if I'm going to do another one. Mm -hmm. However, I do think that what I want to do is I want to keep that brand alive. I really like the, the name leading with style and it resonated with a lot of people. And so I think, if anything, what I might do, if I decide not to do another summit, what I might do is I might turn that into a series of events. Mm -hmm. And these would be maybe a combination of webinars, as well as maybe a Facebook community and some live events. Um, but I do think that it, that name and, and that title, that brand that I came up with, mm -hmm. um, it, it did resonate with a lot of people. And um, I, I don't want to let it die. And so yeah. it's just a matter of really determining from a strategy standpoint, how do I want to keep it alive and keep it breathing? Mm -hmm. Is it a summit? Is it live events? Um, and so um, long story short, uh, stay tuned. More to come on that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> for the month of January with Emergeship, we are helping emerge entrepreneurs because when you first start out and decide to become an entrepreneur, I truly believe it starts in the mindset. You have to kind of shift your thinking, whether mm -hmm. it be shifting, shifting it from corporate America or shifting it from what people say about entrepreneurship or how you truly feel about um, being an entrepreneur and just stepping outside of your comfort zone. 
do you agree? And what components do you consider having a great mindset comes with entrepreneurship? Yeah, well, first of all, I, I definitely agree with you that it starts in the mind. I mean, the mind is a very powerful thing. And I see so many people who literally lose years off of their life because of the mind. And the mind will tell them, you can't do this. Who's going to listen to you? You're not good enough. You're not whatever, tall enough, thin enough, smart enough. I mean, it's, it can be a really, really um, damning thing. I mean, it can really hold people back. And it's not easy. Um, and so I do think that you need to start with the mindset. And there are ways and there are strategies and tools to really make sure that you are focusing on your mindset. Um, there's, of course, tons of podcasts out there. Um, and that's actually what I do. Um, I listen to podcasts. I listen to business podcasts. I listen to other entrepreneurs. Um, they really motivate me. They really inspire me. And so making sure that you're filling your mind up with inspiration um, I think it's also important sometimes to just quiet the mind. And what I mean by that is meditation. Um, meditation is very, very pow powerful and being mindful. And so um, I try to meditate every day, even if it's just for five minutes. Um, but that's really, really helpful as well. Um, so mindset is, is definitely important. But there are some other things that are important as well. I think that the behaviors that one has, um, they need to be aware of their behaviors. And so, for example, um, if you're spending an hour, two hours a day or more, and I, I, there are stats out there, I don't have them memorized, but there are stats around how much time people spend on their phones. Um, if you're spending an inordinate amount of time looking at what other people are doing, looking at YouTube, looking at Instagram, then you need to really kind of think about that behavior and you might want to, um, reduce some of that time that you're spending looking at your screen and shift some of that time to building your business. So behaviors are very important. And of course, with behaviors, you've got to think about behaviors holistically it's so it's about productivity it's about your health and so to run a business it can be stressful and so you got to make sure that you have the stamina to run the business that you're healthy so again behaviors are really important and then the final piece um, is actions you've got to do the work you've got to put in the work and so a lot of people want things easy and effortless um, without doing all the work, but it's hard. <laughs> it, running a business is not easy. I know it seems glamorous. Everything on Instagram seems, seems glamorous, but I mean, you got to do the late nights. You got to do the hard work and you can't forget about that. So to, to your point, yes, it starts with the mindset, but we also have to make sure that the behaviors and the actions are aligned as well. And it's only when you focus on those three that you get the results. Yeah. So it's mindset plus behaviors plus 
actions equals results. That's so, so true. That's so true. And to kind of um, shift into our, our next question, um, do you practice goal setting within your business? Do you have goals set out? Like uh, some people do monthly, quarterly, or yearly, or if you can share some tips with us on how to. Um, yeah. Our goals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm going to share with you guys my favorite, favorite planner. It's called, it's from a company called Ink and Vault. So ink like an ink pen and vault, V-O-L-T dot com. And so I've been using this planner for about three years now. And what I like about it is that in the very, very beginning of the planner, <laughs> excuse me, um, there's a place for you to document your yearly goals. So what you want to accomplish that year, what the theme of that year is. And there's some other questions that you identify in the front of the, the planner. And then each month you identify your monthly goals. You also identify your weekly goals. So it has each week. And what I like about that is because it's all in one place and I can go back and look at, did I accomplish everything in January? Did I accomplish everything in February? And I can move things forward. And so I've been using this. And I mean, for some people, they're completely digital. They're paperless. Totally get it. I understand. But I guess I'm a little old school. I like to have this planner with me. I take it with me everywhere. And I keep notes in it. Um, I have stickers. And so that's really kind of how I do my, my goal setting. And it's a nice reminder of what I accomplished the week before and the week before or the month before. And so it's all historical. And there is a place to capture each week um, things that you want to reflect on and celebrate. And, and so I like that because it's kind of incorporating that, that gratitude component, which I think is really critical. Um, and so it's, it's a great, great um, planner. And then at the end of the year, it asks you, what were your 10 accomplishments? What, were, what was the best thing that happened during that year? Um, and so that's really my little tool. That's my secret um, for how I identify and document my goals mm -hmm. and track my goals. But again, I'm sure there are apps out there totally <laughs> get it. A yeah. lot of people don't want paper, but <laughs> that's that's my approach, and that's what I do. That's actually what I do too. I have a a planner that because um, I'm a writer, I enjoy writing things. So I, mm -hmm. I I have my phone, which is okay, but I love to be able to write my stuff out and be able to look at it. <laughs> so I definitely understand the importance of having a planner to kind of go back to when you were talking about um, podcasts. I'm a lover of podcasts too. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, they kind of helped me stay like motivated and just kind of learn how things constantly change within business and social media. Right. Um, some of my favorite uh, podcasts that I enjoy is um, Amy Porterfield because she kind of gives you um, the the background of digital marketing and having a business online. Gary V. Yes. <laughs> Gary V is the, one of my other favorites that I listen to. Do you have a couple mm -hmm. of favorites you would like to share with us? 
Yeah, actually, um, Amy's on my list. Um, Gary V is on my list. Uh, the very first podcast that I really, really started listening to, um, I want to say it was probably in 2015, and that was um, Lewis Howes. Mm. Um, Lewis Howes, I really started with him. Um, he's got a great podcast. I also like Entrepreneur on Fire, which is his, he goes by JLD, but it's John Lee Dumas. Um, he's got a great podcast um, because he has a lot of entrepreneurs on there. And um, of course, because it's called Entrepreneur on Fire. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's a really good podcast, very motivational um, I'm trying to think some of the other ones. And then I listen to ones that are a little more focused on um, my my domain, uh-huh. which is image consulting and executive presence. And so um, there's one called Look and Sound Like a Leader, um, uh-huh. which I really like. And then there's others. Um, the Harvard Business, um, Harvard business podcast I think it's called um but yeah it's basically the Harvard Business Review actually that's it it's a Harvard Business Review podcast um which is great and what I like about that one is because they're 20 minute podcasts and they typically are interviews with people who have written new books Mm -hmm. um and so you get kind of a, a short summary of the book directly from the author it's an interview with the author um, or other people who have done research or or what have you very relevant to business um, but it's also very relevant to people who work in corporate America um, people who um, are dealing with team conflict so they might have a podcast on team conflict or communication skills Um, there was a really good one that I enjoyed on diversity and inclusion. Um, so I, I love Harvard Business Review. Okay. I think I have heard of that one. Someone had recommended that one to me in the past, Harvard, Harvard uh, Business Review. Um, mm-hmm. to, as far as like with the, the image consultant, for me personally, I will say that I am a plain Jane <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> my wardrobe and things that I wear. And it's kind of hard mm-hmm. for me to kind of stay ahead of things that are constantly changing with uh mm-hmm. with clothing. Can is that with you know the different trends that are different that are coming out? I saw an article recently about the style trends for spring twenty twenty. Is that difficult like for you as far as like with your corporate clients like maintaining um, staying ahead of the game with the different uh, style trends? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, I think there's a difference between style and fashion. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to a lot of those trends, they're really driven by fashion. These are the fashion trends. This is what the designers are doing. Um, Whereas in terms of image and helping someone to develop their style, it's really kind of tapping into their inner identity and who they are and understanding, is this a conservative person? Are they more than, and first tapping into the the inner piece, Mm -hmm. um, and then using that 
to translate to the outer so that there's congruency and harmony between who they are internally and then it's related to the external. Um, and so I really help people to understand the basics of clothing and how to use clothing as a tool. So if my client is short and they want to be perceived as, as tall and, and more authoritative, then I will teach them how to do that, like vertical stripes or darker, um, darker solid colors or what have you. And so I'll teach them tricks and, and strategies um, to achieve certain optical illusions. But even more than just the optical illusion, I teach them how to use their wardrobe to communicate messages. If you want to come across as credible, if you want to come across as strong, or if you want to come across as, as like friendly and supportive. And so I really teach them that. So it's less about, well, this is really hot right now. And oh my gosh, you've got to get this new latest um, dress from Prada or what have you. Um, but it's really focusing more on how to use their clothes to communicate a message because if you think about it um, we tell stories with our image and our style you can walk into a room you can walk into a bar a restaurant and you don't have to say one word but someone can look at you and they've immediately formed an opinion of you and so i think it's important to be aware of first impressions and Again, using your clothes to communicate the impression that you want to leave with people initially. Um, but of course, again, to your question, it's important to be aware of trends, but it's not like I'm a slave to trends. Mm. And trends do change, but they don't change that drastically every year. So one season prints might be in or plaids or something like that but fundamentally they're not changing that much and so what i mean by that is of course if you have clothes from the 70s <laughs> bell bottoms <laughs> and, and things of that nature that's not going to work but for the most part within two to three years it's not really going to change that drastically so otherwise if it did people would have to get new wardrobes every single year. Yeah. No, you don't have to do that. But I mean, I do like to stay aware of what's going on. And I might say, oh, okay, well, um, what's really on trend now uh, are nylon shoes or nylon purses. Um, that's really hot. Let's, let's add a, a nylon bag just for the fun of it or something like that. So yes, I'm aware of it, but I don't, my intention and my goal is not to put my client in all of the latest trends and fads because they come and go. I want them to know their body type, know how to dress for their body type. And then if you want to incorporate maybe a couple of current trendy pieces, you can. But if you think about the wardrobe as a pyramid, the bottom third of the pyramid should be all basics, like things that you can wear across seasons, across different um, occasions, et cetera. Then you can have your, your more specialty wear, so evening wear and, and 
um, certain events. Um, and then you have the top pyramid, which is the smallest portion of the pyramid. And those could be your trendier items, things that you can transition out and you can switch out. Um, and they're not necessarily meant to last you 20 years because it's really trendy right now and you want to look current. I totally understand, but that should be the smallest portion of the wardrobe. And a lot of people really need help building out the base, the base of the wardrobe. Mm -hmm. I really, really, I needed that. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> I like the way that you use the, the analogy of the pyramid. I, I needed that. Thank, thank you for that. Um, thank yeah. you so much for taking your time out of your day to join us on the Immersive Podcast. Can you share with our listeners how we can find more about you if someone interested in um, maybe uh, scheduling a consultation with you? How can we find more about you? Yeah, well, thank you again for the invitation. Thank you for reaching out to me. It's always a pleasure to connect with um, like-minded business uh, professionals like yourself. And <laughs> um, Yeah, absolutely. In terms of how people can connect with me, um, I'm gonna keep it simple and just give them two ways. One is on Instagram, uh, which is uh, McKnight Image. Um, they can follow me there, McKnight Image. The other one is through my website, which is McKnight Image Lab. Um, and so with McKnight Image Lab, they can find out about me, read my bio, but um, I also have a special gift for your listeners. Oh, wow. And so if they go to McKnight Image Lab and they um, put in a slash at the end after McKnightImageLab.com slash top 10, T-O-P-1-0, uh, so top 10, um, I will give them my top 10 articles on image, business, and presence. And so these are articles that I've written for a magazine. I'm the editor, excuse me. Yes, I am the professional development editor of a magazine. Mm -hmm. And uh, so these are my favorite articles that I've written um, on image, presence, and brand, because we didn't really talk too much about personal brand but I really also help a lot of people with their personal brand. So those are the ways that they can contact me. Okay, thank you so much for that, you guys. Be sure that you go to that uh, link and you said it's top 10. It's mcknightlab.com yes. slash, uh, slash top 10. Yes, okay. top 10. Mm -hmm. yep. So you guys, be sure that you um, go to that and it will also be listed in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, David. I appreciate it. Thank you again, uh, and uh, Happy New Year. Happy yeah. 2020. <laughs> yes. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview just as much as I did. To learn more about David, the links have been listed in the show notes. If you did enjoy this episode and are looking forward to hearing and experiencing more with the Emergeship Podcast, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time.